Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of the Crease Dive. Today is Monday, June 20th, and Chrome LC is the greatest lacrosse team on the planet. I'm Jordy from Barstool, and with me, as always, we've got Dukes on the mic. And Dukes, just feel free to take a nice little victory lap around here. You called it right from the get-go, the Chrome you said they weren't going to be bad. Not only are they not bad, but they start off the season 3-0 and for first time in organization history. Uh, how, how you feeling after a big weekend of lax on the island? Good. You know, it's kind of like, what, what are they saying, Big Daddy? Uh, tuna, fish, and lamb. Lacrosse, lacrosse, lacrosse on Long Island. It goes together like tuna, fish, and lamb. Um, Damn you, you give him all the easy ones Yeah, yeah exactly I'm glad, I'm glad someone got the reference out there But yeah, awesome game Chrome looked really legit Whipsticks looked like, hey, I, 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 didn't, I didn't really trust them um, Going into this week Looks like they got their shit together Their defense Obviously is formidable and still really good um, So yeah, they look like championship contenders again And But seriously, I think the story of the weekend Is the Chrome moving to 3-0 and I know that the Water Dogs were a little banged up you know, it looked like a close game going through three quarters. But look, the dogs, the dogs got to be a little bit hungry now. Got to be a little hungry for the dogs. Um, 0-3, not the start that they wanted. But look, I'm still, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I'm still not down on the water dogs. Like, I seriously am not. Um, I think uh. that the talent is still there. Look, you get, you get Dylan Ward back. You, you had Tucci out there, who wasn't even playing really. That bad. Um, Fowl did do a little bit, a little bit of an edge on him, but look, I'm not, I'm not out, not out on the dogs just, just yet. I mean, once playoffs happen, really, you have to beat everybody. So you, you just get in, you hope for the best, but not out on the dogs. Still like them a lot. I will see, say they looked, see here, they looked a little bit better without Sowers. Here's, here's the thing. Like you say, get into the playoffs, you have to beat everybody. Right now, I don't really know how they get into the like right now. They they would be my team to miss the playoffs at the moment because you look at the all right. So you look at how obviously it's only after week three, but the only other winless team right now is the chaos. The chaos, they get to add all those guys from Bandit Land back to their roster this coming weekend, and they're probably gonna be a little uh I I'll actually, I'll be pretty interested to see how they come in and play off the bat. They probably have to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder after. uh, So, I mean, first off, hats off, go to the Colorado Mammoth uh, for winning the NLL championship this past weekend. Uh, So you said Dylan Ward gets, uh, you know, the water dogs will get Dylan Ward back. He's fresh off of an NLL finals MVP. Um, But like the only other team that hasn't gotten a win yet are the chaos and they get to add like half of their lineup back um water dogs still without a win and they just they just can't close out games they keep blowing leads so i think that i would right now be way more down on the team that blows leads as opposed to the team that gets like everybody back who won who won nll nll finals mvp last night well, I just said Dylan Ward, but who who do the Water Dogs get back next week? NLL MVP Dylan Ward. Look, I know it's a, it's different positioning, it's a different team, but we're still talking about probably the second best goalie in the world right now. When he's on, he's the second best goalie in the world. No knock about Toluca. He's not even close to Dylan Ward. So you're telling me if Dylan Ward was in the lineup for the past three weeks, I would be highly, highly surprised if they were still 0-3. That's my point. Highly surprised. They're gonna steal one or two. 
Okay. So I think it's just I've... a completely different team with him and Net. It's it's a leader. It's a vet. It's not really a young guy who's playing. His, really, DeLuca's had no experience up until this point. Could he be a great pro down the line for sure? He's only played three games, really. I mean, he had a couple games in the bubble, but that was two years ago. So that's where I really stand with the Water Dogs. I think the offense is good. I still think they have one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, DeLuca wouldn't save a beach ball this weekend. He had 35% save percentage. I'm not trying to shit on him. I'm actually I, – I try not to shit on goalies. because like, you, have, so you, have a, you have a, history, a bad history with Water Dogs goalies in particular. Yes. Yeah. I was calling for DeLuca to play two years ago in the bubble <laughs> instead of, instead of that other guy. But look, I, I'm still, I'm still, look, if you if you, if you're with me and you don't think the water dogs have looked bad, plus 900 on the Barstool sports book, take a look at it. And like me and you have said all year long, we didn't think the chaos were going to come out strong. I think everyone knows how legit the chaos could be. Um, they're plus 850 on the Barstool Sportsbook right now. So if you listened to Slip the Picks, which comes out every single Thursday at 5 p.m. on the Kreestov YouTube, you would know that we said wait out on the chaos, wait till they go down a couple of games, and take them with the value that they are at right now. So we nailed that. In a, yeah, I mean, we didn't nail that. They, could say they might not win it, but you know what I'm saying. The value is there now for the chaos. Dukes, there's, there's nothing that makes me happier right now than just seeing you grow up before my very eyes and just throwing in that nice shameless plug for the slip the picks episodes on Thursday. I mean, that transition was beautiful. Uh, that was just top tier podcasting right there. So uh, great, great work on that one. Yeah, make sure that you guys are watching out for our episodes coming out on Thursdays on the YouTube channel. They'll be out Friday mornings uh, on Apple and Spotify. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why you're one of the best in the biz Dukes. And you were also one of the best in the biz this weekend. You were boots on the ground uh, in, in your backyard on the Island. As the PLL went to Hofstra, uh, your second trip to Hofstra in the span of a month uh, after the PLL quarterfinals. Uh, so you were there, you, you were there with Billy for the Saturday games, I believe. So just, uh, you know, yeah. how, how was, uh, you know, how was the turnout at Hofstra for this weekend? So look, everybody knows when it comes to lacrosse, Long Island is the king. I mean, if you think any differently, you know that you probably lost to Long Island a hundred times in your life. Then we beat the shit out of you. We tell you that we beat the shit out of you. And then we do it three more times. I have a take that Long Island, the PLL should potentially move away from Long Island. So last year we had, I mean, the first year was like at Red Bull Arena. And it was like, I think that's actually the first time we met Jordy. Yeah, we did. Red Bull Arena. Red Bull Arena. There, I was just a small-time blogger. It was like me, you, and five people. other people. Yeah, was, I was a small-time blogger, blogging for about 10 people. But look, Long Island, these, these parents, they love watching their kids play lacrosse. These kids like playing lacrosse. But you get so swamped playing, watching. You just want to go enjoy the beach, right? So I think it's really hard. Like I, I think a lot of people went on Friday night. From what I understand, like a lot of people, and I think any other venue, it would be considered a lot of fans there Friday and Saturday. But when you're talking about Long Island, you're talking about the Mecca of lacrosse, you're talking about Hofstra, this great environment. When I was there for day two, there was a lot of people there. So I don't want to like downplay it, but I do want to say it was just like disappointing because you expect Long Island to be this like raucous crowd, just like rocking the building. There was a Long Island lacrosse fest going on in Farmingdale State. I also know that Hofstra itself had a couple tournaments going on. So I'm sure on Saturday that affected young kids coming to the games because during the first game, it wasn't that crowded that you could see like little kids in their jerseys running around more in the second. So that could definitely 
have a, have yeah, a all, play all, the, all, all, all like the 14 year old Long Island kids playing on their U8 teams. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. This is crazy that you keep saying this because Long Island for like what we think is that like Maryland, like play has the kids that are like 20 years old playing like you. Like we like I was like the youngest kid. I was like, this is bullshit. I'm playing as a kid with a beard. I think I think it all just starts like whenever you're like 10 years old and you go to a tournament and all of a sudden like one team has a kid who's just like way bigger than everybody yeah. else. And, and, yeah. and they're like and and then just like urban myths start popping up yeah. about this kid, how, you know, like he uh, he, he repeated second or like second grade like twice. And, you know, now he's driving like the whole oh, yeah, he drove himself to the game and shit like that. Like and then that just takes on a, a nice little life of its own. Uh, but I'll, I'll go to my grade believing that. Long Island just, but I, I would love to see birth certificates. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm a birth, I'm a Long Island birther when it comes to lax tournament, youth lax tournaments. No, that, that's totally fair. I'd look for any excuse in the book when I get my ass kicked by a team too. And then especially, <laughs> and then especially when, when I, I don't even know when this happened, but when the, the flip in youth lacrosse turned to, um, like you play for your graduating grade. So like yeah. you have like little like third graders running around who are considered like 2030s. Yeah. So then like you realistically could have like some kid who you just hold back like a couple of years and you're like, well, he's still graduating in 2030. And it's like, technically he should be playing in the 2030s, but he's also three years older than everybody. I don't know I when that, ha- I don't know when that happened, but it's so, it's so confusing. Like go into a tournament and you see like, the 2032s and you're like how fucking old are these kids like just give me a number i can't do them like you're you're forcing me to do this extenuous math right now that my brain just can't handle right now yeah i i went i actually went to my cousin was playing in the uh in like the long island lax vest and i started seeing those numbers start popping up like oh the the 20 the 2030s the 2031s and i was like this is too much for me. I got to get out of (laughs) here it just seemed like a fake world where it's like 2031 doesn't exist that's just a foreign concept to me. Never will. But yeah, Hofstra, um, Hofstra, no, but overall, Hofstra was good. I think they should move away from Hofstra for a year and Long Island in general. I, from what I understand, Friday was very good crowd. Move away from Hofstra. Go to somewhere where the fans want to go, where the fans are going to buy the tickets in advance. You know, Maybe look at a place, maybe like Rutgers Small Field in New Jersey. Somewhere where people are excited for lacrosse to come, the PL to come. Long Island just expects for lacrosse to come to them. If Long Island missed it, people would be pissed, be like, why, why didn't you come to Long Island? Why didn't you come to Long Island? Then the next year, you come back to Long Island, people will show out more. They just expect it at this point. I think people just get so tired of watching lacrosse all year round. They just want to go to the beach. They just want to hang out. Um, that, that's yeah, that's I, really my take on the whole thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that somewhere down the line, the tour base model stops and we do get like city teams again. Um, and like, if, if that's the, like, I can imagine a long Island team with a Friday night under the lights game would just be like insane because you, you would, you'd get such a ridiculous crowd of people hanging back Friday and then they can go to the shore. They can exactly. go to the beach Saturday morning. When you, when you take, their Saturday afternoon away from them. Yeah. Maybe you're, you know, you're probably going to lose a decent amount of people who either want to go to the beach or people who are playing in, you know, youth tournaments, but like you go back to like a city based model at some point, like a, a long Island team, um, you know, with the amount of buzz that the PLL can generate with a Friday night game. Yeah. Like that, that would be huge. So um, yeah, I, I get like, 
the tour base, it still seems to be the smart thing to do just because I feel like there's like, you don't have to worry about trying to find owners and locking down venues and shit like that. But at some point it probably has to come to an end. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, maybe, maybe they just think maybe it's sooner than later. And so you might as well squeeze everything you can get out of Long Island in the process. Uh, but either way, um, Good, good time. I saw you on a uh, president's row again, sitting, just rubbing elbows with, uh, with PR 99. So yeah. Uh, um, some hall of famers, um, I was, I was next to like Doherty and Millen. Oh, doc. He's, he's, he's a Doherty. Yeah. 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 And you know, I think that, uh, I think they were a little impressed by me. I think that they, they, they saw some goalie challenges and they thought they should give me a gold jacket. I would actually like to see you against Mark Millen. Ten shots. Yeah, I think that would alpha his kid. So okay, so yeah, I think. I think who's who's a goalie challenge with first? Who do you think I do a goalie challenge with first? Which which Millen, McCabe or Mark? Well, well, there's also the kid who just finished up his freshman year. Freshman who year, had, yeah. yeah. Who had that? Uh... Look, I can't do that kid to the kid's ego. I can't can't stop. You know, just a blogger <laughs> stopping ten shots on the kid. I can't do that to him. He said, "Come on, it's just it's just a kid. It's for the game." Yeah, think about the kids. Um, all Wait, right, well, yeah, I have so, a funny. Oh, I have one no. funny story from that. If somebody's out there with footage of this weekend, Jordy, we, at Hofstra, the, the fence isn't that high up at all, like not high at all. And they're like, "Do you want to do a t-shirt toss? Toss it up to the kids in the stands." I'm like, "Yeah." These kids rush to the fence, and I'm tossing. I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna toss it up. I can't like chuck it and like throw it as far as I can." And trust me, I could throw it really far. I was a backup quarterback in high school. I mean, I could throw the ball a country mile. If, Coach would have put me in the States. We would have won a state championship. Anyways, I throw it up in the air. It doesn't make it over the fence, and it just goes straight into a garbage bag or a garbage can. Some eight-year-old wearing, like, a Justin Gardening 22 Whip Snakes jersey just looks me dead in the eye and goes, you're a joke. I was like, <laughs> yes, I am. And I was just making sure at that point, I was just, like, chucking it up to, like, the dad in, like, the corner. I was like, go to eat. Just ch- launching them, but – it was one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened in my life. I'm not going to see that. I mean, that's why, that's why people don't give RJ enough credit when he's tossing out all the swag. Like he, yeah. he's not, he's not running into situations like that. Um, yeah. Can't, can't be a good, uh, can't be a good feeling to just get obliterated by a little 10 year old flid, but you're a joke. Yep. <laughs> yes, I have been hearing it my whole life, kid. Yeah. 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 You, <laughs> you and my dad have a lot in common. How do you follow say pops? Uh, um, all right. Well, yeah. So obviously the, uh, the, the vibes were probably pretty high at Hofstra and so was the scoring. Um, a lot, a lot of, a lot of big numbers getting put up this weekend. Um, I mean, Chrome putting up 17 on the water dogs, archers putting up 20 against the cannons, um, a, a miserably slow first half between Redwoods and uh, chaos, but yes. we can get to that later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's just start with the hottest team in the league, the Chrome taking on the water dogs. This was the first time that the Chrome have ever started a season 17 and zero, um, but you know, it, it wasn't looking like fantastic for like, so Brendan Nick turn long Island guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, l- luckily he, uh, he showed out in this game. Um, but for a while, this seemed like it was the game that was going to really cement the fact that the sours curse is a real thing, because I agree with you, the water dogs were looking very good, uh, for most of this game. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Ryan Brown just 
realized and remembered, oh shit, I'm the best shooter of the lacrosse ball on the planet. Um, and just started pulling from every which direction, uh, big, big, like the first big Ryan Brown game, um, of the season. Uh, and then, you know, I, I thought water dogs, they looked like they were, I think you even tweeted at me at, at, at one point to, about the Sours curse. It was probably when the Water Dogs were up 14-11 with six minutes to go. Uh, and then for the second week in a row, the dogs just can't hold on to a lead. You got to keep those dogs on a short leash. The moment that they start feeling themselves, shit just falls apart. Their social starts feeling themselves a little bit more. They got two goals in six seconds. They were all yapping about that. And then all of a sudden Chrome scored two goals in nine seconds. Didn't see anything from them on that one. Um, so Water Dogs, just a team that right now just love to find new ways to lose. Yeah. I, I, I actually do remember I tweeted at you. I think as soon as soon as the, they got the first lead of the game, or maybe when it was like 12, 11, you know, just like it was like a one goal lead. Cause I wanted to jump in front of it. Cause I don't want there to be a sours curse. I want to like jinx the sour curse in a way because he's a great player. Mikey Powell esque obviously. But we, I'd be sitting here and lying like when he, he plays good for the Water Dogs, Kieran McCardle doesn't play well. When, Kieran, when he's out of the lineup, Kieran McCardle plays really well. And the, like, am I crazy or does the offense or the Water Dogs not look better with, without him? Like, it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of not. And I'm not like trying to stir up shit. And I would hate to stir shit up. I'd hate to do this for, to get this out there in the world. But seriously, like, the Water Dogs looked like a better team overall. Like Ryan Brown showed out, Kieran McCardle. And look, this is the team, this team, this makeup right here that played this weekend, minus the fact they didn't have Dylan Ward, is the team that got the number one seed last year without Michael Sowers. So the, they're right there. And like, I said it. But they're, but they're, I said yeah, it early in the episode, if Dylan Ward played this game, I'm, I'm so confident they would have won. So... And like, that's a good point that I can't really argue with. I think if Dylan Ward is there and he's in field mode and like, I don't think that Dylan Ward is a goalie who it's going to take him too long to adjust from playing um, box to playing field. Now I will say he'll probably have a little rough go at it this week, not because it's his first week back after playing box, but because he just won a championship and you know that those boys are going to be getting after it. So he's going to be coming off of a bit of a bender. Um, so he probably will still be playing a little guilty this coming weekend um, if he's suiting up in the lineup at all. But like, I, I agree. If you have Dylan Ward in net, then there's a chance that you have the lead and you can feel a little bit more confident with that lead instead of like, Cause like at this point, the water dogs, every time they have a lead late in the game, as much as they'll probably try to tell you that they're not thinking about this, they're probably thinking, fuck, like, I really hope we hold on to this one. And like the moment that any bit of that doubt creeps into your mind, there are only eight teams in this league. Every team is loaded with talent. Any team can beat the brakes off of you. The moment you start doubting yourself. Um, and that's now proven itself two weeks in a row. And I mean, the Chrome, when, when they've got guys like Brendan Nick turn, turning it on. Um, I mean, I, I don't think that Connor Farrell necessarily had like the greatest game of his life, but he was able to, to keep providing the ball to the Chrome also uh, chipped in on the, on the scoreboard as well. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Milkman got himself on the board. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean like Chrome have a ton of talent offensively, 
You start doubting yourself, they'll beat you. Whip snakes, ton of talent offensively. You start doubting yourselves, they'll beat you. Don't even have to talk about the Atlas or the Archers. So, uh, yeah, I, I think do the Water Dogs have all the talent that they need? Sure. But, like, you can't keep losing games in this fashion and then expect me to be like, oh, well, they'll figure it out. Again, I'm not going to point fingers here. Don't know too many teams out there in the PLL that win a lot of games with a 42% save percentage through three games. I, I, I guess I'd have to look at more of the numbers, but yeah, maybe not. But it's, I, I don't know though. It's just like some of the, and I don't know how many other, I don't know how many other goalies out there would have like a much better showing against the Chrome and the website. Like, I don't think DeLuca played well, but I also think he played fine. He played fine against the Whipsnakes. But like the game one and game three, it's just like at some point, it's like how, like game one, okay. But I think, I think it's more of a defense. I think it's a defense issue though, too. Like potentially, but again, I, the way that I look at Liam Burns, like I think Liam Burns is one of the best defenders in the league. I think he was probably the best defender in the league last year. I think the defense is one of their best, their strengths last year. Again, that's why I'm saying with Ward coming back, it's the veteran presence. It's the voice. It's their goalie. It's their leader of the defense. Ward could probably clean things up with the defense and the slide packages and all of those th- things that go with it. I wouldn't necessarily say it's the defense right now, but sure, it potentially could be. It, it could be. All right. I think my biggest thing here. I'm not saying that they're not going to win a game all summer like they will, but my thing is like, I know for a fact that they're not a contender. So they'll, they'll win a couple games, but in no world am I closing my eyes, picturing the final seconds of the PLL season. And is there any purple involved in there? I wouldn't even say that yet. All right. Well, I guess. I, well, cause, cause I also, uh, I'm going to, I still think, especially with the way last year just goes like the season's going to get longer. Some teams are going to get banged up and you don't know which teams are going to get banged up. The water dogs get even more banged up. And then I'd be like, okay, yeah, they're not going to even make the playoffs or something, but this could also go the other way where I'm like, they're going to make the championship series. They're going to be a top four team in the league. I'll still stick by mine. I'm still sticking by my team. I'm out. I'm, 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 I'm as out as I possibly can. Um, tell you team. what though. All right. So the whip snakes, that, that's a team where if I close my eyes and I'm picturing the PLL yeah. championship, they're clearly in the picture because they've been in the picture for three straight years. Uh, and, you know, all this time throughout the first couple of weeks of the season, everyone's talking about the Atlas, the Atlas, the Atlas. It's, it's the Atlas year. This team is loaded. They can't be stopped. It's an absolute wagon, an unstoppable force. And all of a sudden, here come the whip snakes just to remind everybody that daddy's home and this is still their league and that they've never lost to the Atlas so far in the history of the league, which is crazy to think of. Like I mm-hmm. when, when I when I heard uh, when I heard that pregame speech from Tucker Durkin talking about how they've never beat the whip snakes before, I was like, there's no way that that's possible. Turns out it is and turns out it still is uh, because the whip snakes just. Again, like this is a, a championship pedigree performance out of the whip snakes. Uh, big game out of Matt Rambo, getting a couple goals on the board. Again, just one of those things reminding everybody that the league still belongs to him. Um, I thought that, I mean, well, 
credit to both goalies, just an, an insane yeah. goalie performance out of Kincannon and Burnlore. Uh, Kincannon early on, like probably, I would say Kincannon probably had like the best half that any goalie has had of a single game in, in the league so far. Like that first half performance out of him was insane. Um, Burnlore also insane. So, I mean, 31 saves between the two of them. Kincannon was 17, Burnlore with 14. Um, huge game out of Justin Gutterding. Garden yeah. City's second finest. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, you can say that one more time. Yeah, I mean, probably, probably should have seen that one coming. That that the Long Island guy was really going to come alive on this one. Yeah. Um, so huge performance out of him. He had a goal and three assists, and like all the assists were just money. Um, so big game out of Gutty. Big game out of Rambo. And then they also get to add Zed Williams to the mix uh, this week. And he will be fresh off of an NLL championship with the Mammoth. So uh, how do you feel about the Whip Snakes? And how do you feel about the Atlas after that 12-9 win for the Whips? Two quick takes. We should have seen the Gutty and Kincannon performance coming. The amount of games that I've seen Gutty just light up that field. It was very stupid of me. And looking in retrospect, this game was an easy read. It's easier said than done, but credit to me for admitting I was wrong. Um, then Kincannon, I mean, he's, he's the Hofstra guy. He's played many games there. He, he wants to go show out for, you know, he's from Long Island, wants to show up for the Long Island. No, fans, no, knows show. the exact angles of oh, the lights. Oh, knows like... everything. Yeah, lights, no lights, doesn't matter. That guy's got to make a save. When he's on, he, he's phenomenal to watch. But, yeah, the, you know, the, the Atlas showed their youth. The Whipsticks show their veteran presence. The Whips, the whips you know, Every, like you were saying, everyone's talking about the Atlas being the most talented team, and I'll still stick by that. I'll still stick by that. But this was the first defense all year where they were like, yeah, like, we, we, are, we, are, we are fucking here, and if you're going to want to win this championship, you're going to still have to go by us. Um, you know, C- Chris Gray obviously showed up, but, like, we got to talk about Jeff T kind of go, kind of going missing a little bit um, in this game, so – just a, a lot of a lot of just empty possessions for the Atlas, um, you know, just getting forced to run themselves into trouble a little bit than a CTO. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a an unbelievable defensive performance out of the whips. Um, and then another thing just you know, so as as great as King Cannon was, the two bomb did hurt them in this game. It seemed mm-hmm. like every time every time the Atlas were about to potentially start to get themselves going on a bit of a comeback to make that a game. It seemed like a two bomb from the whips was like right around the corner just to set them right back. So, uh, I mean, they're chipping away a little bit. They're starting to piece together a couple possessions, get a goal, Earhart two bomb yeah. chipping away, putting together some possessions, Chanachuk two bomb, uh, curse with the two bomb. So three, three, two pointers for the whips in this one. And each of them seemed to be at a crucial time when the Atlas were like just maybe getting a bit of confidence. Well, we, we, anybody that's listened to the crease for an extended period of time knows that at least I always, whenever I'm grading Ken Cannon inside, he's probably the best goalie in the world. And what does he struggle at outside shots? So if you're like for the scouting report, you, you might say like, if you have two point shooters, let it sling from outside. Um, so like, yeah, like if he's going against like, Jay, Jay Carlson or something. Yeah, like yeah, right here. Jay Carlson, zero, zero goals, two assists. One of the best inside guys in, guys in the league, right? But then you're looking at like Earhart, who's one of the best, obviously, deep, deep threats with the LSM position. So, yeah, um, I think that that's a great point. I mean, if you're just counting those as ones, what's the score? 9-9 nine, nine, or maybe you take like 9-7 or 9-8 because of the Kobe Smith two bomb. 
So you're, you're, you're looking at a completely different game. Um, even if you take back like one or two of those. So that's a very, very good point. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, this, the first time that the Chrome have ever started a season three, and know, and every season so far, the whip snakes have started three, and know, so, um, I mean, just, just an absolute wagon wagon. That's a franchise right there. It's an organization. That's a program. If I, if, yeah, if I was, if I was a coach or a general manager, actually I'll put my name in the ring. I want to be an owner of the PLL team. I'll, I'll take that. Those guys. I'll take those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Check please. Um, yeah. And I mean, the Atlas are going to be fine, but they just better hope and better pray to whatever God or higher power they believe in that they don't come across the whip snakes in the playoffs. Cause yeah. that'll put an end to their season real quick. You the Atlas. So? Yeah. I mean like verbal meme here like the the two dogs the one dog that's jacked and then like the little uh the horny bonk dog yeah so like the jack dog is the atlas first like every the, the the six other teams in the league and then the little bonk horny dog is the uh atlas versus the whip snakes like they just if they go up against the whips in the playoffs i i guess good news for the new york riptide like jeff t it'll be nice and rested I, you know, it's got like, it would be very funny for like, I don't know, like the chaos to get like the seventh seed, like the seventh seed, but like, you know, everyone knows they're really good. Just the way it all falls out. Like they just end up getting like the seventh seed in the playoffs. Then you got to play like the whip snakes or like the Atlas week, like with the one seed, something like that. Like, could you not see that happening? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, I feel like that'll probably be the cannons. So, which you would be right about. So, I don't know. I, I, I mean, basically, what I'm, all right. So, cannons. Yeah, let, let's just go right into it because I, I don't think that the cannons are still the worst team in the league right now because I'm still uh, hell bent on that being the water dogs. But Dukes, an, another another hashtag. Dukes was right. Another feather in your cap. Uh, the cannons get absolutely curb stomped. They got their butt, their balls, their backs just waxed by by the archers' offense. Um, this was just a, a full blown beatdown. Archers twenty, cannons nine, cannons with Lyle Thompson in the lineup. Archers without Granaman in the lineup, um, and it was just whatever the archers wanted to do offensively, they were getting it done. So again. Like the cannons right now are, are probably thinking to themselves that they're they're going to be a nice early exit from the playoffs. Luckily, they'll get into the playoffs because the water dogs are going to keep choking away leads um, and, and they're going to fall to that eight spot and they're not going to make it. Um, but the cannons right now. You were right. They are. They're bad. Well, yeah, I mean, when we're looking at like who the worst team in the league is, you know, you could go a lot of different ways with this. You, you like the, you hate the water dogs. I don't even hate the cannons, but you're making me hate the cannons, which is ridiculous because you're forcing my hand. And I don't even hate the cannons, but you know the, the water dogs can improve. They're getting they're getting their one of their best players back when the cannons are playing with their full strength roster right now. So let's just look. Let's look at the cannon schedule for the for the next couple of weeks. Chrome, chaos, archers, water dogs. So you're looking at what you got to go one for two there. If you're the cannons, to be chrome, two and four, chrome archers, chrome chaos archers, then chrome chaos archers, and then water dogs. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you pick up one win in, in those games and then you have the, the little, the, the rubber mat, like the big swing against the water dogs to close that out. Yeah. And then, then the, like, then they play like the redwoods, whip snakes, but that, that's later on in the season. There, 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 could, there could always be a, a little letdown game for the Chrome. Like they've 1, never been, they've never been in this position where they've yeah. been defeated this, this late into the summer. So you pick up a win against the Chrome. And now all of a sudden, you know, maybe, all right. So maybe the water dogs have a win at some point in there too. And now you're both going into this game and yeah, I mean, you, you have to beat the water. Yeah. 1000%. Right, so and we're also talking like we've done this league, what, three, three years now we've been following this league four years now, whatever it is. We know like, like you think, you know, how it's going to go down in this league. And then once you think you got a little taste, you think you're, you're a little big, big brain guy. All of a sudden, the Chrome were in last place. Yeah. So you, you can't really you, call predictions. The moment you think you know anything, you don't know no. shit. Even though we both know everything. So uh, yeah, I mean, even even last year, just to pat my back one more time for the listeners that called me stupid when I said that the Atlas would be really good last year, and they were. I wouldn't say that they were good until the last week of the season because I was so superstitious that they were going to somehow finish in last place. So this league's very competitive, and they, but this was this not your classic archers game where, you know, they do this all the time, where this is where Joe Keeks and, like, the advanced metrics and, like, the adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency, this is why the Archers are right there with, like, your one-on-one, because they just have these games where they just look like the best team in the world. Like, Will Manny, Will Manny, if you're talking about MVP, he really is playing at an MVP level right now. And I really cannot believe it, but he looks like he – He's just shooting the lights out of the ball. He um, looks so good. This is his um, best year in the PLL by far. Dude, I mean, so he go he goes five for six shooting on, on Saturday afternoon. Matt Moore goes three for three, which is insane. Yep. Just fresh, fresh out he of the He was running out of the box three. a lot. Yeah, running out of the box. Get that short stick, throws the shoulder down. Didn't even know he was he was that tough of a dodger. Throws the shoulder down, steps away back of the net turning rake let's go take a face off um yeah but so i mean between the two of them so what is that eight for nine shooting between yeah. those two guys it's a pretty it's a pretty solid recipe for success i'd say so and also i really like um what i saw out of uh, ryan Ogden, brown state guy um had a little two bomb but i thought he had a lot of nice takes a lot of nice takes um I think, I think he's just a strong athletic bull that could be a staple in this league as one of those guys that's around in like eight to nine years. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's, he's really good. I saw some comparisons of him to Max Siebold. I won't go there right now because Max Siebold's kind of like too nostalgic for me. But, I mean, I think that he is a great fit for this Archer's offense, and I think that we're going to see him on the roster a lot this year. All right, love that. Um, but, yeah, again, this is it's one of those things where – it was an incredible performance out of the archers, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm not going to get myself excited over anything yeah. that the archers do in the regular season because they're at the point now where it's like, do it in the playoffs or else none of it matters. Um, but with that being said, still, still a great, still a great showing. Um, and then, I mean, the league definitely got their money's worth, uh, you know, out of having that game on ABC and just loading up the, the scoreboard and uh the one one thing that i've noticed is was it just me 
Stephen Rafis was dicing people up on the Hofstra turf. Like, yeah, I know, like, I've always known he was a really good player, said he was going to be a staple of the offense this year. But, I mean, he was snatching people's ankles, and it was impeccable to watch in person. So, shout-out to Stephen Rafis. And then just from – I mean, Stephen Kelly kind of had a revenge game, but it was against the backup Archer's faceoff guy. So, I don't know. Bubba Fairman I was very impressed with. That, that's one thing that I think is a big takeaway for the Cannons. He looked really good, like really good. Yeah. D'd up – I forget who he D'd up. I'm going to look really quick at the Archer's roster. Bad radio, bad radio, bad radio. It was like he D'd up Marcus Holman, I want to say. Uh, but oh, he, was, he was the best D-man in college lacrosse. Yeah, but the thing is, like, everybody doubts him because, you know, like – I don't know if everybody doubts him. I think no, everybody doubted him. Doubt. Everyone doubted him. He wasn't, he wasn't Lyle Thompson, so everybody doubted him. Yeah. You know, he, uh, he wasn't Chris Gray, so everybody <laughs> doubted him. It's like, what are we uh, doing? Like, you can, just because you're the number one recruit in the country going into high school and you're not being the best D-man and you're supposed to be an attack man. Like, okay, now you suck. Again, I, like, I, I don't – I mean, there, there are only eight teams in the league, so I get everyone's going to be loaded. So, like, just like – but, like, the more that we're talking about them right now, I'm talking myself back into the cannons actually being all right. Like, back to, oh. like, that, like, five spot. But I don't know. Again, they're, 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 they're a third tier. T- so, like, top tier. I mean, I guess you have to put the – like, I'd, I'd probably say Chrome – whips and atlas up there in the top tier second tier would be what like i'd I'd still have like chaos and archers in there like there there's still like a third tier team but so i put i put if we're going kind of groups of three two two i'd go whips (sighs) so with the chaos of full stripe i'll go whips atlas chaos I'd put the Chrome and the Archers together, and I'd put. I mean, I'm losing count of teams. Yeah, I'm losing count of. Te- yeah, Whips, Whips, Chaos, Archers. No, Whips, Chaos, Atlas. Yep, top tier. Chrome and Archers. Yeah, down and then there. Like, at- and then Cannons, Redwoods, Water Dogs. Cannons, Redwoods, Water Dogs. See, like I, but like I, I feel like Cannons live in that middle ground between. They're they're two they're two, they're two and a half tier for me. Don't do this. Don't they're do two and this. a half tier for me. Um, I stink. I, I know, but like you again, the the more that we talk about them, the more that we talk about guys like Stephen Rafus who are overlooked in the league a little. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're good. They can. But the get water it done. dogs are good. Like they're <sighs> proven think- to be good. Like this this Cannons team was the seven seed last year. Lost their best midfielder in Paul Rabel. I don't know. I don't want to like. I'm again. I like the Cannon six on six offense. So like, if they made the playoffs, I'm not going to be surprised. Lyle's Lyle. I love Drenner's game. It's gonna. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Here's all right. So here's what I'll say. They're not. They're not in that second tier, but I'm putting them at the top of the third tier. You can do that. You can, okay. look, you can we've been wrong in this podcast a lot, so you can be wrong about that take. <laughs> Motherfucker. Are, are we calling uh, them the Deadwoods? Well, if if we're calling them the Deadwoods, then we've got another verbal meme here of uh of the Undertaker gif where he comes up out of the um 
out of the coffin because the Redwoods coming alive, getting their first win of the season. They are defeated no more. Um, and it all came down to a, to a big time third quarter in this one. Anyone who subjected themselves to watching the first half of this Redwoods and chaos game, I believe that you should be financially compensated for your time. Uh, it was a three, two game going into, uh, into halftime, another scoreless quarter for the Redwoods after, you know, they scored three goals all of last week. They come out, they put up two in the first quarter starts off with a nice Rob Pinnell ride back. Oh, I think that this was a big, Rob Pinnell, like gut check, grab your nuts type of game, um, which I, I'd imagine there's probably, I'm very curious how, um, how team USA tryouts went over this past oh, yeah. week, because the way that Rob Pinnell started to play, like seemed like he was like a little pissed off. So I, I don't know. I don't know how USA tryouts, but I don't, I don't know if there are a few other attackmen who might be above him in the depth chart right now. Um, but Pinnell coming out big uh, and, and that third quarter Redwoods offense just started eating the way that we knew, or at least we thought that they would all season long, um, getting a lot of different guys involved. Pinnell again, uh, Garnsey doing some classic Ryder Garnsey stuff where he's just like, so wildly and drastically unpredictable in the way that he moves that it just works uh, miles with the two bombs. So Redwoods offense got themselves going in that quarter. And that was the difference maker. Other than that though, wasn't really blown away by them. No, but I, I do have a take about the Redwoods and who the offense should move through. And it's, I don't know how you're going to get him at X. I don't know if you want to put him at the attack. Um, I don't know if you want to have him through the box. I personally want him through the box inverted with a shorty or even a pole. I don't like Jules Henningberg. The offense, when it flows through him, is so much better. He has the best footwork. He can dice people off the best on the offense. I think that Rob Pinnell, if he transitions, I don't think that Rob is as quick as he used to be, and I don't think it's a hot take. I think if you're looking at an ex-attackman right now that can beat his guy, initiate the offense, get the defense to move, it's Jules Henningberg. I think that Rob actually off ball looked really great uh, this weekend. Ryder did Ryder things. I mean, Cavs always going to be a Cav. So I think you really have to look at Jules being the quarterback of the offense. Uh, even week one when he diced up the, I mean, they lost, but like he was dicing up the Atlas defense. So I think the key moving forward is using Jules as the feeder, the initiator, and somebody that can get this offense going. That was just a highlight that I had. And then, yeah, I mean, they looked, they looked pissed off and fired up. It's clear. But in classic Duke's fashion, I don't know if you saw the video, <clears throat> on Slip the Picks, I put, gave out the Redwoods. And a uh, former co-worker who works with the PLL now, Joshua DM, came up to me like, hey, could you do a quick video about your picks today for the PLL bet speed? I was like, of course. And he's like, just talk about like the Redwoods chaos. And I just completely blanked. And I was put so on the spot that the only thing in my head was Deadwoods. I was like, that'll be a good social clip. So just like chaos by a billion deadwoods. And I was just like, immediately just like, well, so I mean, you, you, you covered all your bases and then that way you could never be wrong because you had to be right at some point. Yeah. Is that not like, I was just like, this is so classic. Like just me, like, like I didn't put out any promos for slip picks last week. The only promo I had is just screaming deadwoods. (laughs) So, Uh, I mean, but like, again, it, they, they had a, (laughs) big third quarter um they still didn't have like a crazy 
good game in cage. Um, I mean, Troutner looked great and he, and he made all the stops that he had to, I don't think that he saw a ton of volume. Um, and, and that's obviously to do with the fact that, um, chaos still not even close to, uh, their, their full roster. Um, I mean, TD had a, had a pretty solid, uh, I mean, went over 50% at, at the face-off stripe and going up against um, TK is, you know, a, a big, big battle for him. Um, but like, there's still, there's, I don't know. It's a good win for the Redwoods. And like, I think that that confidence that they get of not having to worry about being winless anymore, like that's like a monkey off their back that, and now they can kind of just play. Um but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not crazy about them, but I don't know. Win, winning, winning solves a lot of issues in, in all of sports. So maybe this just kind of gets the ball rolling for them a little bit. Um, but I, I would have liked to see them kind of step on the chaos throat a little bit more in that fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. I think they, I think Roder, if he said that toward like in a huddle of a clip, I saw just like being like, when well, we haven't done shit yet, finish them, finish them. And I mean, if you're a Redwoods fan, if you're a Redwoods player, you just got to be happy with the effort that they gave most of all. You know what I mean? Just the fact that they had that, like, fire and that competitive seeing Rob Pinnell in, like, what, year 10 now? Year 9? Year 11? Whatever it is. Just still having that fire and emotion after the first goal was cool to see. So, are, will the Redwoods be possibly the contender that they have been in the past. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not ready to say that just yet, but seeing them have that competitive spirit again, seeing like the unity of the team has got to give you some hope and some, some great, uh, some great feelings. I mean, I, I, you know, Notre Dame guy, I always root for the Redwoods a little bit. They have a soft spot for them. So yeah, I, I was, I was pleased to see what happened this weekend. And please, please is blaze. I mean, he, he really is. He's really something else. Um, he like he, it wasn't like that, that loss wasn't on him. I mean, the offense just wasn't getting the shots that they needed. Like, I mean, I think the Redwoods it felt like had like triple the amount of shots as them. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, shit, shit just started to fall apart. Like it was all going well. Like the field was just tilted for the Redwoods in that third quarter. You take away that third quarter, and and that's, I mean that that game goes either way. It's a coin flip. Um, field was just a little tilted in, in that third quarter, you know, blaze didn't get quite the amount of stops that he needed to in that quarter. I think, um, you know, maybe, maybe chaos defense, just trying to do a little bit too much, um, and then just not being able to get the shot. So like, again, it's, it's that one quarter where shit just went a little haywire, um, and great for the Redwoods. Cause they get the win out of it and they get to feel good. They finally get to celebrate something this year and tough for the chaos, but you still get to add. Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, Chase Frazier, Tohoga, um, to this lineup next week. And they're coming off of a, a tough loss in the NLL championship. So they'll probably be coming in playing a little pissed off. Oh, and any McKay. Can't forget about Ian. But you also have to look at it like to some to some extent, are we are some of these bandits guys gonna be banned up, banged up? Like that's a long season. Box, I was. In my first box game, like that was my first game. I watched quarter one to the end of the fourth quarter. Is there any rules? There's just no rules. No. There's no defense. It's just people just getting freaking laid out. Oh, like, it's just it's just move. Decent. It's just moving pick a lot. Like you're just yeah. yeah at, 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 at any point, you can just get fucked up, and they're like, 
And then if, if any Americans like that's a moving pick, like you'll just get flooded with Canadians in your on Twitter mentions being like, you don't know fucking lacrosse pussy. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Yeah. I can't wait to go into box Twitter and just get chirped by a bunch of Canadians and just start screaming the national anthem in their face. But <laughs> so if I'm the woods too, I mean, we've talked about it. Like I still think they need some finishers and I just want to put my name. Will my guy, Will Perry's name out there. I think that he'd be a great addition to that Redwoods offense. He doesn't need the ball on his stick. He's an impeccable shooter when he's not facing me. And, and um, yeah, like a guy like him, like it's crazy. Like Randy Stotts, like still is like in the player pool. So I think there's some pieces. There's well, some what's the, what's the deal with, uh, with Jay Carraway? I feel like he's, well, one that's, more... the other, that's the other, thank you for bringing that up. So one more week, one more week and he's in the player pool. I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in him. And I think that he would be a perfect fit on that offense. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think that he probably plays for the Atlas next week. I'm going to go out, for, I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I, I, think, I think you don't put him in. Like It's one of those things where, all right, so the Atlas, like their first couple of weeks, they were on fire. And like, how do you look at that roster and you think to yourself as a head coach that you need to make any changes? So it's like, we, we were lights out. Didn't need to have Caraway on the roster. Like, I'm not going to make any changes to this one. Sorry, Jake. Like you're not in again. I don't think it's a talent thing. I don't think it's like, Oh, you're like, we don't think you're a good player. You're going to the player pool. Like he was very good. One of the best rookies last year. I think that it might be one of those things where he doesn't like, like he wants to play attack because I'm going to run out of the box. They're all, they're all set. Basically they're all set basically at attack right now. Right. Or who would you like? I don't think that they're going to switch anything up. I think you still got to go mm. E-Law. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. So look, Rubio is his high school coach and I bet you they have a very strong relationship. So maybe Rubio is like, look, we're not going to address you. Like we all obviously think you're good, but like, if you want to go try to see if another team wants you at like attack, like go out into the player pool and see if someone wants you. If it was just a talent thing, then yeah, he'll put him on like either as a midfielder or like put him on like the restricted roster. But my gut is saying that Rubior and him have had a conversation where they're just saying, look, like if, if you want to go, like we think you're going to be better as a midfielder, but if you want to go play attack, go play attack. And so see, see someone else wants you. And if that's the case, if I'm the Redwoods, I'm going to dress him at attack. I'm going to dress him at attack and I'm going to move someone else out of the box and do like big little with them. I think that Caraway has a way, way brighter future. And I think that he's someone that you're going to want on your team for the next couple of years. He doesn't need necessarily the ball in a stick. He's an elite shooter. Um, he's someone that could. Uh, especially, especially whilst tucked. Yeah. I, I, I'll put my hand up. I, I think that he'd be able to shoot a couple goals on me in a goalie challenge. So it's somebody that you want. On your I, I, would, I would say let's put him to the Untouched. test. But, but because. Well, yeah. Well, no. Untucked or tucked. Well, here's the thing, though. I, I don't. I don't want you to do a goalie challenge with him. It, I, I. I want Jake Caraway to end up on a roster, and unfortunately, right now you have a um a bit of a history of being bad juju for guys trying to make a roster. So I think right now it's the last thing that Jake Caraway needs is to get stuffed by you off stick hit a couple times, and then all of a sudden Redwoods are like, ah, you know what? We actually don't need you. This is, it's ridiculous. We need, we need to get Will, Will on a roster. 
It's ridiculous. I, I ruined the guy's career. Do you know how, you know how guilty I feel of ruining a guy's career? Just just walking around with that on your conscience just all day, just, every day. Just I, Sorry, I have impeccable goalie positioning. I, don't know. I mean, maybe the water dogs could, uh, again, they, they could have had you. They refused to. And now the Luca is yeah. putting up worse Andy numbers. Laughed than- in my face, laughed in my face, mocked, made a mockery of me on twitter.com. Look who's laughing now. Look who's here battling for your water dogs week in, week out on the crease dive podcast. And you laugh in my face and call me a joke on Twitter. You're same, same as that, uh, that little eight-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. And a verbal meme, Andy Copeland, eight year old from Hofstra calling me a joke. Handshake emoji. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, that was week three of the PLL season. Uh, The boys are heading down to, uh, to Baltimore this coming weekend. So make sure that you are on the lookout for the slip the picks episode with myself, Dukes and Billy football. That'll be on our YouTube channel on Thursday. So make sure that you guys are subscribing to the YouTube channel. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, tell, you know, your, your, uh, your mailman or, you know, whoever's coming around giving your, uh, giving you a ticket in your car. Just tell everybody, subscribe to the channel. Uh, make sure you're, that you are following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the crease dive on both. Uh, again, congrats to the mammoth on their NLL championship. And that'll do it for this time. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out. things on no I don't really move like that to not be love your company and tomorrow may never call you back and I just like to have my fun yeah keep it simple no strings attached we could go out for food and drinks that's it I'm fine with that I could go home get in my jammies already told you can't meet my family, so quit asking. Don't need my address. Don't get on Facebook thinking you could change my status. I'll take my beer, I'll take my Netflix. Don't age your cooking, I'll make my own breakfast. Probably get postmates, I'm kinda lazy. I wouldn't date you even if you pay me. I'll take my beer, I'll take my whiskey. You can kiss me, but Touch me while I'm sleeping, it's a no, no, oh